We have a new signed jersey from Pristine Auction to give away to one of our listeners. This time, it's a Mike Evans jersey. We just gave away the signed David Johnson jersey. And if you want this Evans one, subscribe and review us on iTunes. Then take a screenshot and send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. Pristine Auction auctions off hundreds of great items every day. Today, I saw Robin Williams sign Goodwill Hunting movie script. That's one of my favorite movies, by the way. And a Muhammad Ali signed boxing glove. They've got all kinds of great signed jerseys and helmets. See what they have for you at pristineauction.com and make sure to let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. That way, we can keep doing these giveaways. All right, let's talk some football. everyone with Mike Tagliere. I'm Bobby Sylvester and this is the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Tags, it seems like we're on pace for every single player to be hurt by about, you know, week seven. So at that point, do you think we do a basketball podcast or maybe like a chess podcast? No, I would rather do a week four preseason podcast uh, than, <laughs> than, than do a chess podcaster. I mean, basketball is fun. It, it definitely keeps you entertained for the majority of the season, even during the offseason. But yeah, no, it's it's been a weird NFL season so far. You know, there's there's a lot of 2-0 and teams that don't really seem like they should be. They, they, they could be 0-2. There's some 0-2 teams that seem like they could be 2-0. and So yeah. there's a, I want to say I, I went through the games this week and there are nine home teams who are underdogs. So it seems like this is a week where it's set up to be a lot of upsets in the NFL. So our guest today is Dalton Del Don of YahooSports.com. Dalton, how are your teams holding up through all these injuries, man? Uh, I'd say uh, just okay. Um, I didn't have a bunch of shares of David Johnson, which was nice. But it's not just the injuries. It's like first-round underperformers. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, and um, uh, A.J. Green, uh, Jordan Howard. It's it's not just injuries. It's also the performance uh, of these guys that typically went, you know, the top 15 or so picks. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't taking Jordan Howard in the first round. But like you said, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Jordy Nelson's hurt now, too. And, uh, you know, he hasn't exactly been great. So we'll see what happens there with all those players. I think most of them are due for bounce backs. We don't really see too many first round busts outside of injuries most years. Well, and so wait, do you guys think that Jordan Howard is like, would you like, let's pretend that someone offered you someone of like third round value for him. You're telling me you wouldn't accept that right now, Bobby? A third round value out of Jordan Howard? No, no. I'd I'm sell not, him right I'm now. I'm not too interested. Yeah, I'd sell him too. It's a it's an ugly situation. Dalton, how are you feeling about the Bears situation there? Do you think that Jordan Howard is like someone where like, let's pretend someone drafted him and they're like, man, I'm, I'm really concerned. Would you accept a trade of maybe someone like maybe a DeAndre Hopkins or a Golden Tate for someone like I'd Jordan take Howard? I'd Keenan Allen for him for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I fully admit I was a Jordan Howard guy. Um, I ranked him pretty aggressively. Uh, he, he's he's good. He, he's he, Other than receiving, he's terrible. He actually led, quote unquote, all running backs in drops last year with eight. And he wasn't even a full-time player the whole season. And obviously <laughs> everyone remembers that week one drop, you know, at the goal line there. So, And Cohen just passes the eye test so, so much. He just looks so legit. I mean, maybe he's too small to, to be a 20-carry guy, but he's clearly, he might lead that team in targets this season out of the backfield. And now Howard at yeah. the moment is arm and a sleeve it's obviously not the greatest situation with the quarterback I mean we might see the rookie QB Trubisky very soon and so I have no I'm officially com- completely worried about Howard I think of players who went in the top two rounds who aren't injured he's by far the person who's lost the most value for the first two rounds so you you give me a Hopkins a Keenan Allen I, w- I would happily take take them over Howard at this point I, I think the question actually is who would you prefer between Cohen and Howard or, or moving forward I, that's obviously in PPR leagues it, it's uh, it's Cohen right 
I had like five people on Twitter. Not five people. I think it was three people on Twitter. One of them called me a flaming idiot. One of them told me I suck at my job for saying that Tarek Cohen could feasibly take over this job from Jordan Howard. And uh, man, people are just savages. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. I would still take Howard, but I think it's pretty close. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely closer than people want to admit. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me at all if Cohen ends up leading this backfield in fantasy points, especially in a PPR format. And one more thing. I know this is a sit start show, but I, I really wanted to open up a conversation here with you guys. And it's probably something we didn't talk about at all before the show. So I'm getting a, a natural reaction out of you guys. Antonio Gates scored. He, he he broke the record this past weekend, right? It was something I predicted on the show last weekend. Yeah, yeah. Clap for me. But the, the what I wanted to talk about, someone said something on Twitter about baseball and how they, you know, they kept Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame because of the steroid use. Someone asked, why is it fair that Barry Bonds and those guys are held out of the Hall of Fame, but someone like Antonio Gates is going to be accepted as a Hall of Famer, even though he was suspended for performance-enhancing drugs, and that it may have extended his career beyond what it what it should have been. So how do you guys feel about this whole Antonio Gates talk? Like, do you guys feel like he should be included in the Hall of Fame? Do you think it's th- that Barry Bonds should be included? Like, how is what's your take on this situation? Dalton, I'll let you go first, man. I've got a big take on this one. Okay. Well, first of all, you're talking to the wrong guy. I mean, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan and I'm a huge Bonds guy. He was a Hall of Famer even before he stepped yes. into yes. his arm. Not I mean, even that's close. Not even, it's silly to have a museum about baseball and not include him. I mean, he's the best hitter ever. So, I mean, that's, yes. that, that, that is absurd. Um, I think the main issue here is um, people just don't seem to care about steroids in the NFL like even close like they do in baseball. I don't know. It's the the records seem to mean more in, in MLB, but, I, I, but there's definitely uh, a, a dichotomy there between the two. It, so that doesn't surprise me. There hasn't been talk about Gates. In, in fact, I even forgot about that. So me too. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, um, I personally don't uh, really care uh, about that because it's so difficult to say who did it and who didn't and, and all that stuff. So I'm personally don't, don't take too much stock in that. But football wise, it's clear that just the the media does not care nearly as much as they do in football as they do baseball. I thought you were going to say they are going to keep Antonio Gates out of the Hall of Fame because he's actually a basketball player. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, Antonio Gates belongs in the Hall of Fame. It's not even close. And so does Barry Bonds. I'll argue with you, Dalton. I don't think he's the best hitter of all time. I think it's Ted Williams. But yeah, Barry Bonds, number two, maybe number three behind, uh, behind Babe Ruth. But every single era in baseball There have been guys cheating in various ways, Uh, and it's not cheating that Babe Ruth only went against white players, but it is a distinct advantage. People say that he had certain ways to boost his testosterone. I'm not really sure about that. I'm not going to throw that on anyone, but every single era, I mean, the pitchers were on steroids too when Barry Bonds was going. He was just dominating them, so... It's really not a conversation, in my opinion. I can't understand why people would keep him out of the Hall of Fame. It's just stupid. No, I agree. I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was just some very interesting. And I'm, I'm actually with Dalton on this one. Bonds is the best hitter I've ever seen play baseball. Yeah, one, one more thing before we go to football, just because because we're on the Bonds subject. Uh, if you take away all of his home runs and turn them into outs, so I don't mean just take them away, but if you turn them into outs, Bonds still has a higher career on base percentage than Alex Rodriguez did. And, oh, man. And, and don't forget that he was hitting all those homers in AT&T Park, which isn't just a pitcher's park. It's Against the worst. For left-handed power, it is thir- the, the toughest park to hit in in the last 30 years. Yeah, man. That, those are great stats, Dalton. Love that. So, guys, we just found out Corey Coleman and Greg Olson headed to the IR. We talked about Olson last show and how we would trade him for anything. 
but he's if he can't, he's just a drop candidate. That means Coleman is definitely a drop. Today we'll be talking about who might be replacing him uh, and as we break down a handful of players from each position who are right on the borderline of being startable and whether we would start or sit them. Uh, so guys, let's start here at the quarterback position. I want to talk about Cam Newton. Uh, Dalton, he has not been very good the first two weeks. He's dealing with that injured shoulder. He gets another great matchup. So are you starting or sitting him? Oh, absolutely starting him. Uh, yeah, he's been very shaky uh, the first two weeks. I, I have him in my biggest money league, a, a two-quarterback league. So I've been watching him carefully. I mean, he missed Christian McCaffrey in just a, a layup throw. Uh, was it, That was last week. And you didn't have to throw a lot against uh, the 49ers because that was just an ugly offensive performance from San Francisco. But uh, New Orleans, they, there was some talk that their the last year's awful defense was going to show improvement. But, I mean, they're giving up 11.2 yards per attempt so far through two games. The next best is, is nine, or next worst, I should say, is 9.0. Quarter passer rating against 141.4. I mean, this is just, it's the, they're, there's like in DFS for baseball playing in Coors Field is anytime yeah. you're facing the Saints. They're, they're must starts. I mean, not only is Newton, I think he's number six or seven on my board this week. And that, actually, I might even move him up a couple before the weekend. But I'm, I'm rolling Kel- Kelvin Benjamin as top 10, and, and I'm using Devin Funches. In a, in a flex position. So yeah, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not using Kenny Vaccaro. They just traded Stefan Anthony. So their defense did get better at the end of the year, but it is a disaster right now. So I'm not a Cam Newton hater, but for fantasy purposes, I don't like him at all. He's ECR number six. I've got him at ECR. I've got him at number nine this week. So yeah, I'm starting Cam Newton. Yeah, I'm starting Cam Newton as well. If you look at the Saints, it's all about the matchup here, right? And I don't even I don't even necessarily think that Cam Newton has to throw the ball to score fantasy points this week. I think I think Cam Newton I think he hears everybody in the background. He's a guy that really does care about his is his like everything that happens around him. He wants to be perceived as really good. He needs the confidence. And I think this week could be a week where he actually takes off running more than he has in weeks past. You even saw it in the Buffalo game last week. But the Saints are a team that in now 13 of their last 18 games, they've allowed the opposing quarter back to score 16 and a half or more fantasy points you know Sam Bradford looked like Aaron Rodgers against this team just a couple weeks ago uh Cam Newton in, in a game against them last year he scored 28 fantasy points so Cam Newton while I, I really don't trust him all that often this is one of those weeks where his floor is just too high not to and honestly yeah. Bobby it's really I know we're going to talk about it but this week a lot of the streaming quarterbacks have tough matchups and you really don't feel confident with guys like Jay Cutler. I mean, I know he's got a good matchup against the Jets, but really, are you, do you feel confident streaming guys like Jay Cutler over Cam Newton? Absolutely not. No, so no. Newton is definitely a start for me this week as well. Somebody who is a start for me this week, uh, ECR number 19. So I'm pretty high on him, but Trevor Simeon, top five quarterback each of the first two weeks. He goes against Buffalo, who does not have a good secondary after, you know, trading away all those pieces. So yeah, I'm starting Trevor Simeon again this week. And next week, and then I'm just going to drop him because the schedule gets hard after that. Are you worried about Garrett Bowles? Like, because their left tackle Garrett Bowles, oh, their yeah. first round draft pick, is uh, he's going to miss this game. And I, I just don't think that Denver wants to throw the ball a lot. And Trevor Simeon, the stat I have for you on him is that uh, there were just two games in 2016 where he scored more than 17 fantasy points. He's already done that twice in 2017. I think there's some real regression coming here. And, they, and with Marcel Probably. Darius, he Marcel Darius missed practice today, so it's very possible that uh, C.J. Anderson runs all over the bills Dalton what do you feel about uh Trevor Simeon I'm kind of buying in I totally agree with the regression I mean he has six touchdown passes on 60 attempts I mean that's that's just very difficult to, to yeah. maintain but I like the I mean the increased efficiency 7.5 YPA I mean he has the weapons in Demarius Thomas and, and obviously Sanders so uh but the, the the problem with with his situation their defense is so dominant it's the best in the NFL 
And uh, so the, the game situation, the game script is going to call for a lot of running in the second half. So I agree with the regression, but I also he he, he looks like maybe the most improved player in entire football through the first two games. So agree. I picked him up in a, in a few spots and, and I do like him. I have him, I think, ranked 14th this week. So that's not really a, a start. Uh, Buffalo's defense has played pretty well. So I like Simeon. Um, but again, the game script and. Uh, I agree that there's some regression touchdown wise. You can't keep up this pace. Yeah, absolutely regression. I mean, he's the number one player in fantasy football well, yeah, so yeah, far. So. so I've got him at I've got him at number twelve. But like, what am I going to do? Start Marcus Mariota against Seattle or Andy Dalton, who's looked horrible, or Dak Prescott against Arizona? Do either of you like Mariota, Dalton, or Prescott this week? I had Prescott one spot ahead of him, so uh, I, I think he does okay. bounce back. Arizona. You know, just I think they've allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing backs last year. I know every year changes, but that resulted in just having to throw the ball a lot. I do think they'll get, but the uh, Dallas would probably want to get Zeke back on track. So, um, I, I, you know, good environment. I think Prescott bounces back. Last week uh, was the just the second time in his career he threw multiple interceptions. So I think he'll have an okay game. So. Um, definitely not uh, Mariota. I mean, that's uh, he's firmly on my bench. I have him buried in my rankings this week. He's uh, Seattle's just so so tough against the pass and the run. Yeah. Have you guys seen the pictures of uh, Zeke that have been surfacing on Twitter? Um, I mean, it looks like he ate Eddie Lacy. They need to get him on the treadmill. No, man. he's fine. I'm not. I'm not worried about. He's huge, dude. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about him at all. <laughs> I think he's going to bounce back in a big way. But going back to the quarterbacks, Andy Dalton. He deserves a lot of the blame. Sure, he has looked like crap the first two weeks but guys let's not forget that he played against the Ravens and the Texans uh, two you know two of the better pass rushes in the NFL and two of the better defenses in the NFL so you know going against the Green Bay Packers I do expect him to bounce back now I understand not wanting him to put in your lineup because you'd rather see it you know they, they they made the move to Bill Lazor now as the offensive coordinator they fired Ken Zampezi which which is a big thing right and when when Andy Dalton targets AJ Green good things happen and AJ Green spoke up saying he needs to get the ball more so I do expect AJ Green to be targeted a ton in this matchup, and the the Packers don't have anybody to stop them. They really just don't have anybody. Their secondary is probably the worst in the NFL. So I actually do feel like if you're if you're looking for a streaming quarterback, like if you're choosing between Andy Dalton and Trevor Simeon, I would go with Andy Dalton this week. But one quarterback I do want to mention though is uh, Alex Smith, and I'm not an Alex Smith truther or anything like that, but. I'll tell you this. There were two games against the Chargers last year that he had. In those games, he had his two best fantasy days of the season in each of those games. Verrett was hurt, man. He's back now. They've got a great well, secondary. Verrett also missed last week, so he might miss again. So he's actually hurt. So it's very possible that he's seeing the same exact defense. And Verrett was also there for week one when they played last year. So it's in, in, in that matchup in week one, 363 yards, two touchdowns. And then later in the season, 264 and two touchdowns also ran for touchdowns. Remember though, Spencer Ware had 140 receiving yards in that game. He took two long, short receptions he did to the house. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, his ECR, Alex Smith's ECR is 18 this week and Andy Dalton's is 22. So you're really going out on some limbs. I mean, I've got them both ahead of their ECR. I've actually got Andy Dalton all the way up at 15, seven spots higher. You're willing to start them, Tex? I am. I mean, if you're looking for a streamer, like if you're choosing, like I said, between guys like like Mariota, I, I would I would probably play Dalton over Mariota this week against Seattle. Dak Prescott, if he wasn't on the road, I'd feel better about it. Apparently, his ankle was injured. They're saying he's going to play. There's just a lot of, of really bad matchups. So if I'm going to take my risk on somebody, I'll take someone who's done it before. And again, if people would have benched Tom Brady last week, they would have been really upset because he looked bad in one week. We're talking about two weeks for Andy Dalton. I, I get it. He hasn't looked 
look great. It was it was against two tough defenses. But I, but again, I am not going to base my entire outlook on the season based on two games. And this is just a matchup that's just too good for me to pass up. Alex Smith is a little bit he's a he doesn't come with his highest ceiling, but I think his floor is pretty solid. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm trying to tie break between Andy Dalton and someone else that has a tough matchup, I'm going to go Dalton. Dalton, two players I've had a lot of questions about on Twitter. Russell Wilson, ECR number 10, going against Tennessee's bad secondary. And then Jameis Winston at Minnesota. They've got a great secondary, and Winston looked all right last week. Are you starting both these guys? Um, yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson's been uh, uh, frustrating, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this, the offensive line is officially a problem. If, I mean, if, if that wasn't obvious before, I mean, I, I know people have, have worried, had their concerns entering the year, but it's just like, I mean, if, if Russell Wilson wasn't the quarterback on Seattle, I, I can imagine they'd be like threatening the sack record by now or something. Cause it's just, it is <laughs> yeah. just crazy. Um, but I still have them both as borderline starters. Uh, I think they're 11 and 12 respectively in my rankings. This is all fluid, by the way. I do change some the more you think about it throughout the week. But it's been bad. Russell Wilson, just 5.4 yards per attempt. One, they, the team has one touchdown on the year. And they were at home against the Niners as 14-point <laughs> favorites. I mean, it's just, it's bad. But but I still have uh, have faith they'll get this turned around. Um, hopefully, Jimmy Graham plays. So it's just too long of a track record. And, and Wilson is, by the way, contributing 37 rushing yards per game. So that's like adding a, a, a passing touchdown. And Jameis, yeah, that's a really uh, difficult, uh, it's not the greatest matchup for sure. Um, you, you're almost hoping that Sam Bradford plays so Minnesota puts points on the board. And it's not just a total, you know, slugfest. So I, I do have him as a borderline starter still, but let me go back real quick. I totally agree that uh, Andy Dalton is a sneaky play this week. And like, say, in DFS, yeah. GPPs, I guarantee you'll have low ownership because people have short yeah. memories and recency bias. And they have looked not just bad, but awful. But playing against Green Bay is nine-point dogs. Uh, just the game script, they're going to have to throw the ball because, you know, the Packers are going to put up 30-ish points. So that I, I feel like Dalton is a sneaky play. I totally agree. You know, I've got Jameis Winston at number 12, but I'm looking at that and I just could not start him against the Vikings this week. I, I, I've got to move him down. That's just too high. Well, if you watch the game against the Bears last week, he wasn't asked to do too much. Obviously, the game was a blowout the entire way through. But if you watch that game and I'd watched every single snap of it. Deshaun Jackson and him were just a, a literally a half yard off on a few connections that could have been really, really big results. And this week, you're going to have Xavier Rhodes going ahead and do it, giving the Antonio Brown tweet, treatment to Mike Evans. Mike Evans is still a big receiver. Like, it's tough to defend him one on one in general. Xavier Rhodes it can limit him in coverage for sure. He just did it to Antonio Brown. But I am not really that worried about this matchup for Jameis Winston as like a lot of other people would be. Uh, this game is inside of a dome. We don't have to worry about game, things like that. This is a game that should be somewhat competitive, so he, this, there's not blowout potential where Jameis is going to throw the ball 25 times. Deshaun Jackson is going to match up like Martavis Bryant did last week with guys like Trey Waynes and you know 39-year-old Terrence Newman who, who, looks, who looks spent. I mean, last year he looked really good, but he just can't keep up with guys like Deshaun Jackson. So this week I'm not I'm not running from Jameis Winston, and I'd have a really tough time deciding on who to start, whether him or Andy Dalton or someone like Philip Rivers. Really fun fact, though, guys, uh, before we move on to the uh, running backs, I wanted to mention Philip Rivers in his last six meetings with the Chiefs. He has not topped 14.9 fantasy points in any of those games. Wow, that's a really good stat. Before we move on over to running back, I just bought some tickets to one of the huge St. Louis Cardinals home games against the Cubs for next week from SeatGeek.com. 
Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats. And SeatGeek is designed to make ticket buying experience easier than ever. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FANTASYPROS today. That's promo code FANTASYPROS for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay, on over to the running backs, and I'm not sure what to make of this Seattle backfield still. I know Carson's the favorite to be the starter, but can we trust him to get enough work against this Titans defense? ECR has him at 24. I've got him down at number 30. Where do you see him, Dalton? Where do I have Carson? I have him at 23, so apparently I am uh, bullish. But that's actually more of a reflection of of the alternatives. I mean, there is pretty much all committees and and people banged up afterward. The running back position gets thin awfully quick but I do feel like he's taken over I mean obviously Eddie Lacy's done and shouldn't be owned in even 16 team leagues at this point uh Thomas Rawls I, I've liked Thomas Rawls but he's uh, seemingly always banged up and he's not you know does nothing in the passing game so I expect Carson to be the the early down work guy and, and approach another uh 15 to 18 carries and uh I, I, the offensive line does him no favors but this is still a Seattle offense with upside yeah I'm worried about Carson. Uh, I think he's going to be like, you know, he was the big waiver wire pickup of the week. And I think he's going to disappoint in this first week against the Titans, who are one of the best front sevens in football. You know, over the last two weeks, they've held Marshawn Lynch and Leonard to Fournette to just 116 yards on 32 carries. Granted, Fournette was able to find the end zone. But, you know, we're talking about two of the premier backs in the NFL between Lynch and, and Fournette. Lynch has looked really good, by the way. And, you know, I know he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but if you're out there and if you could buy him on the cheap, Lynch looks every bit as good as he did a couple of years ago. Uh, so I'm buying him if you guys are, are wondering about that. But Leonard Fournette, he's having fun playing football. He, too. He is. Uh, Leonard Fournette is a, a phenomenal talent. And he had he, I mean, Jacksonville's offensive line is blocking a lot better than I think anybody expected. But against the Titans, the Titans over the last two years combined have allowed just 12 rushing touchdowns. It's going to be hard for me. A hard press. That's incredible. I don't want to start Carson this week, honestly. And don't be mad if he has a bad week. It's a, it's a really tough matchup. I think this game is on Russell Wilson. And uh, if the Seahawks want to win it, he's going to need to perform. Chris Carson, he's still, you know, as Dalton was talking about, he's in a messy timeshare. You know, Thomas Rawls is still going to get some carries. He was coming back from a, a high ankle sprain last week. CJ Procise is going to be involved in the passing game. Chris Carson isn't doing much in the passing game. Uh, and Eddie Lacy's out of the picture, but so it's gotten a little bit clearer. But the matchup is just, for me, it's just one to avoid. Someone else who was a hot pickup this week, Samaje P. Ryan. Tags and I uh, both said he was our favorite waiver wire pickup. ECR has him just at number 34 against Oakland's defense. I've got him all the way up at 16. This is the highest uh, difference that I have in the entire week. I just can't see, like, why do people not think he's going to get 15 carries again and be really good against 
a poor defensive seven. Well, I want to jump on this because I think that the, the fear is that Robert Kelly is going to play. And if Robert Kelly plays, that obviously is going to knock P. Ryan down. Uh, so I think you're getting a split in the ECR there because some people think that he'll play. Some people think they won't. Apparently, after the game, they said it was nothing major. So if he plays, obviously, P. Ryan's going to move down boards. But if Rob Kelly is out for this game, I'm with you, Bobby. I think that, that P. Ryan should be considered like an RB2 in this game where the Raiders, they, you know, they that's the area they lack, right? They're linebackers, safeties, like that's where they're talent deprived. So that would be an area to attack for the Redskins. But uh, again, this really comes down to if Robert Kelly plays or not. So if Kelly plays, are you starting Kelly? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I could just because I, I really don't like Rob Kelly. And I know he had a good week last week. It was like the best game he's had in a really long time. But again, it was still, what was it? 78 yards, uh, 78 scoreless yards. So, I mean, I'm not going out of my way to find ways to play him. But at the same time, it is a solid matchup. I have I've been going through uh, the primer, my art, my weekly article, and I haven't gotten to that game yet. So um, I'll be surprised to see where he winds up once I'm done with that. Dalton, do you think Rob Kelly's still the starter when he comes back? I think it's going to be more of a timeshare, but he's probably the goal line guy. The problem with this week is it's a Sunday night game. So if you have to lock your lineups like most leagues do, hopefully there's some information, but Kelly might come down to a game time decision just like Beckham has the first two weeks of the year. What's been so frustrating with him is they've both been night games, (laughs) the Sunday night and then the Monday nights. It's just terrible timing. But this game's over under 54, so there should be a lot of points scored. So if P. Ryan is the main guy, I totally, you got to aggressively rank him as an RB2. The problem just is is just the workload here, and it might just be a total three-headed committee here. Now, what do you guys think about this uh, Titans backfield? And Derrick Henry looked amazing. DeMarco Murray's a little bit banged up. Uh, He just looked slow and and washed up. I mean, if if he starts, I think you've got to play DeMarco Murray. But um, what about Derrick Henry? Even if DeMarco Murray plays, are you playing Derrick Henry tags? Uh, it's funny. I actually did run at this game already. And I said that even if DeMarco Murray plays, I'm playing Derrick Henry over him slightly because I think it'll be a timeshare. I think that they're going to play it safe with Murray. Honest to God, they should sit Murray. They have they have every reason to sit him. Let him get right. Yeah. You know, the, you know, if this team plans on making it has playoff aspirations like, you know, everybody kind of thinks that they should. Uh, they're they're going to need both running backs healthy. If, if it's what they want to do. They're without they're probably going to be without Corey Davis this week, which is going to be troubling. Just get your team right, guys. Like, don't don't try and push these guys to play, especially when you have a guy in the roster who's more talented at this point in his career. Derrick Henry is a monster. We talked about this prior to the season, Bobby, is that you and I, nobody seemed to want to agree with us, but we were trying to say there is a, it's it's a non-zero percent chance that Derrick Henry actually outperforms DeMarco Murray this season, and it's already kind of happening. You know, it, there's I, a chance he's a top three running back in football the rest of the season. Well, that's what that's what's weird to me is that Derrick Henry was on some waiver wires. This is a guy that could potentially win you your fantasy league if DeMarco Murray misses time. Like Derrick Henry is a plug and play RB one every single week uh, against Seattle. You know, we just saw Carlos Hyde have a solid game against them, so I'm not I'm not running from this matchup. If if Derrick Henry is the sole starter, let's say DeMarco Murray misses this. This game, I will bump up Henry into strong RB2 territory. Whereas, like, you know, if Murray plays, I think it's a timeshare between the two. And I have them both yeah, as I've like got them both in the flex. Yeah, exactly. They're both flex options for me, right around that 25 to 28 RB range. Dalton, where do you have these guys? Yeah, I have them right back to back. Uh 25, Murray, 26, Henry. So we're 
on the same page here, and, and I uh, agree that Murray should they should rest him and make sure he's right. Speaking of it, early round picks that have been bust, that, that, or not just bust, but values have seen a huge hit. I mean, Demarco Murray would go so much later in a draft if a draft were held today, and it's not just health. I mean, it's yeah. Derrick Henry. You cannot just sit him on the bench like they did last year. The guy's a monster. He would eat, if Murray were out for the season. I mean, Henry would be a top five fantasy running back play every single week without question. So, I mean, Pro Football Focus ranked Tennessee's offensive line as the best uh, last season, and uh, they're going to run the ball a ton. So, if they both uh, play, agreed, it's it's uh, flex options. Uh, and if Murray's out, Henry is obviously a must start. And and, and this is going to be a headache for Murray owners all season, yep. even if he gets 100% Agree. immediately. Henry is not going to go back to the role he had last year. He's way too good to keep off. The, the role he had last year was uh, was a disturbance in the backfield to Murray in the, in the last eight games. It just wasn't that way the whole season. So everyone thought right. Murray was great, but he's kind of, he wasn't exactly a turd in the second half, but he was not very good. <laughs> but poor Jake Seeley. I mean, his perfect draft Jordy Nelson, DeMarco Murray, Joe Mixon, not looking so good right now. No, definitely not. Uh, De- DeMarco Murray. And he's like always super accurate. So like that's not normal for well, him. Well, the thing is DeMarco Murray over his last eight games is averaging 3.4 yards per carry and he scored one rushing touchdown. It's like we're not talking about a small sample of like a couple games. He's been struggling ever since week 10 or 11 of last year. And, you know, you c- it actually goes before that because the Green Bay Packers game that he had, it was like a, a, an 80 yard touchdown run where he was untouched. If you remove that, run like it's his past 10 games that actually look pretty bad so DeMarco Murray you know again we talked about this before the season that a 29 year old running back he was losing his upside uh that was that's what was happening and LaShawn McCoy he, that's rearing its ugly head too so guys 29 year old running backs it's just it's it's a curse you gotta stay away from them guys we've got a couple other crummy running back situations here the Saints with Mark Ingram, uh, some people think he's startable. I'm not sure what to think. And then Chris Johnson, too, for the Arizona Cardinals, led the team in carries. Is he going to be the head back? And uh, would you start either of them, Dalton? I have a Murray. I'm sorry. I have a Ingram at 28 and a Chris Johnson. Ugh. Just that he, I have him kind of buried, I guess, apparently. <laughs> good I mean, noise, yeah. At 36, they talk about old running backs with a lot of mileage. Uh, that I still think that Kerwin Williams is going to be a little bit involved. and uh, I, I would not want to start an Arizona running back, if at all possible. I understand there are some really deep leagues. Uh, but in, and in Dallas has a good run format, defense, too. Yes, yes. It's not an ideal matchup. So I would want to stay away, if, if possible, at this stage of his career. Boy, I mean, David Johnson just offers, he's so dynamic. That whole offense is taking a major hit. Larry Fitzgerald looks every bit his age. I mean, what was he right. getting? Six yards a catch. So he looks like a, a tight end at this stage of his career. I'd want to stay away from him as well. J.J. Nelson is the one wild card in that offense. And Palmer, who knows how shaky he's been too. So I want no part of the Arizona backfield. And um, Mark Ingram, uh, he's looked good when he's when he's had the opportunity. I mean, he got 5.1 yards per carry last year, 4.9 so far this year. He can surprisingly catch the ball pretty well. And, and Adrian Peterson, I mean, he's complaining, so maybe the squeaky will gets the grease, but I hope not at this stage of his career. But given his usage, Ingram is, is I wish it weren't the case, but he, he remains a shaky uh, flex play at yep. this point. That's exactly. I'm with you. I have him at number 33. This Carolina run defense is just too good to, to start someone who's going to get like seven touches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly where I have him. And last year, in their games against them last year, Ingram totaled, uh, it was 16 carries for 51 yards in their first meeting. In the second meeting, he only had seven carries for 28 yards. He'll have to get it done in the receiving game. But yeah, he's a flex play. I, I have him right there at 32 in my rankings. So. Two more guys I want to talk about here. Chris Thompson, everyone was scrambling to pick him up after the big week, but his role's just not that big. His ceiling's not that big. Um, there's plenty of other pass catchers. So I'm not starting Chris Thompson. He's not a bad flex play. 
same that he wasn't a bad flex play last year, but nobody played him because he didn't just have a huge game. And then Joe Mixon, they've got the new offensive coordinator. I think he could have a huge week. I'm not banking on it, but you know, if I'm trying to decide between starting him or Mark Ingram, I'm going Joe Mixon all the way. Uh, Mixon is obviously the best running back on the Bengals and that coaching staff is just, they're a bunch of dinosaurs. So I, I just, I hope that they make the switch sooner rather than later. The one concern I'd have here is again, nine point underdogs. They might be playing from behind so much. So I'm not sure how much they trust him in pass protection and they, as a, and a, as a receiver. So we might see a lot of Giovanni Bernard, but Jeremy Hill is worth dropping in, in most formats and, and Mixon could be a monster down the stretch. So he's a buy low candidate, if you will, if people are frustrated with his start to the year. I do think he's going to take over this backfield uh, very, very soon. But again, I just worry that we might see too much Bernard this week. But he's he's flying around that 30-ish area. I, I agree with that. Yep. He, it's like a risk-reward type start. And I think, the, I think the reward is probably worth the risk. Just because, you know, with the new offensive coordinator prioritizing their touches, prioritizing who's getting the snaps... He's been second in snaps behind Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard's got 62 snaps in the year. Mixon's at 38. Hill's at just 25. Uh, but Mixon actually has the most carries, 17. And Gio and Hill each have 12 apiece. So uh, I, I think we were heading in the direction already. If you watch that Thursday night game, you can clearly see that Joe Mixon was the best talent on the field at the running back position. He is really good in pass protection too. But Gio Bernard is not going to go away. So it does limit the ceiling a little bit. But you know, if you're Bill Lazer, you come in, like, how do you not automatically just say, you know, Jeremy Hill, we're just going to we're going to try and build Joe Mixon's confidence in this game. We're going to give him tons of touches against Green Bay. That's the problem is I think that they haven't given anyone. I'm, I, I mean, Jeremy Hill has had his shot the last two years. Gio Bernard, he is what he is. But I don't think they've really they've really given Mixon a shot to show what he can do. It's like they're putting him in for two snaps. They're pulling him out. They're pulling him in for a snap, pulling him out. You can never get into a rhythm when when that's happening with a running back. And I think we saw we saw him start to get into that rhythm on Thursday. Thursday night football and then sure enough Gio Bernard came in on third down it was just it, it's upsetting uh but hopefully you know with the change in offensive coordinator we can start to see mixing on the field a lot more and what do you think about Thompson is Thompson a start for you takes uh Thompson against Oakland is not a bad one just because you, you figure Oakland can put up points in this Washington defense which could lead to positive game script for Chris Thompson it, it helps if Rob Kelly is out but again talking about the Sunday night game we may not know some of these things before they rear their head so right now I view Thompson as a he's an RB three I'd say a low-end RB three in standard leagues but I'd consider him as a you know a high-end solid flex in PPR formats let's talk wide receivers guys and the first guy on my list Adam Thielen I think Case Keenum's probably going to start again I just can't justify starting Thielen what about you guys no not in that matchup without Bradford no way uh, that's I, it's funny that all that uh, all these uh, skill position players uh, and for fantasy terms in Minnesota rely on Sam Bradford. I mean, it just feels funny to say, <laughs> but the yeah. guy was really. I mean, it was efficient even last year. Uh, not the volume isn't going to really be there, but and obviously the matchup couldn't have been better week one. But uh, yeah, there's just such a downgrade there, and this is such a tough matchup to begin with. Um, I, I love Thielen, the player, but given his situation. You can't you can't rely on him. You you couldn't do you can do better this week. There's just, there's some sleeper receivers out there: Rashard Higgins, uh, J.J. Nelson, guys like that. I prefer if Bradford's out. Oh, let's talk about Higgins and Nelson Dalton. Well, what do you think about Higgins? I mean, he had the 12 targets. Uh, his route tree looked really impressive based on what Matt Harmon showed us. Uh, he goes against Indianapolis. Corey Coleman's on the IR. He's the number one there, right? His ECR is 43, though. Uh, where do you have him, Dalton? 
Yeah, I've, I've been aggressive on my fab with him. It's kind of crazy. Even word came out that Ricardo Lewis may, may be the starter. But Higgins is going to see the most targets in the slot. I mean, as you said, Matt Harmon, his uh, wide receiver, uh, he's liked him for a while. Uh, that team's going to have to throw the ball a lot, playing from behind consistently. And this matchup is is, is really good this week. Uh, yeah, he's he's in the mid thirties for me. He's a definite flex guy. I I'm big on Higgins. I I think that he's obviously you know kind of came out of nowhere unless you're really deep into football. But uh, uh, Kenny Britt doesn't seem interested in playing football right now. So <laughs> Higgins to me is going to be the clear leader in targets on that team. And he impressed last week. He saw what twelve targets and got like ninety five yards against a Baltimore secondary yeah. that has just been dominant. The Baltimore, do you know Baltimore secondary is allowed a passer rating of 35.0? Oh, man. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. You'd have a better passer rating if you just kneel every time. Um, yeah. I think, is it what, like 38.6 or something? I can't remember what yeah, it is. It but is. I want to go back to Thielen just for a quick second because if Bradford plays, this matchup is probably the best on the field for the Vikings. Um, he's going to match up with Robert McLean in the slot. Uh, and McLean came over from Carolina and he wasn't really doing a great job in Carolina. So yeah. this matchup for him is really good. I, I You can't trust him if Bradford's not playing. No, but he does have the best ma- matchup on the field. I just wanted to hit on that. Uh, as for Rashad Higgins, I, I think this is a sneaky spot for him. I mean, especially if you have Vontae Davis out. Vontae Davis did return to a limited practice. I want to say it was last Thursday or Friday. He didn't play last week, but they're saying that he has a chance to play this week, which would limit Higgins. But then again, it's tough to say that Kenny Britt wouldn't draw Vontae Davis in coverage regardless. Yeah, what do they do? Put Davis in the slot? I don't. They typically don't know. Typically, yeah. he stays on. Is there? So it'll be interesting to see how they use Higgins now that they know what they have to use him in as a full time role. He did. He is a starter on the depth chart. Kenny Britt reportedly can get cut at any time. Uh, it, it looks like a bad signing. Yeah. It, it really does. And I, I mean, I, I told people this offseason, like, don't trust Kenny Britt, guys. But here we are. And Deshaun Kaiser, he's a guy that he's like the new Jay Cutler. I, I heard I'm going to reference J.J. Zacharyson, a friend of the podcast. He, I, I heard him say something about that in the whole DGAF mode. And yes, Deshaun Kaiser fits that mold, like the new Jay Cutler, where he's willing to chuck it up. If he has to Rashard Higgins, if he could win his routes, he's going to see more targets. He's coming up with a rookie who's very impressionable. And when he performed like he did last week, it's easy to like Rashard Higgins this week. I don't know if you could trust him over someone like uh, like a Cooper Cup or a Jeremy Macklin. But if you grabbed him on your waiver wire and you're you're, you're debating him or someone like Richard Matthews, I'd give Higgins a shot this week. Now, what about Chris Hogan? I know everyone's going crazy over him. They were all preseason with everybody getting hurt, and he finally got a bunch of targets last week, but I'm just still not buying it. He's going against Houston this week, ECR number 28. I'm at 36, so I guess he's like maybe a flex play for me, but everyone else seems to be starting him. Are either of you guys skeptical about Chris Hogan? I have him at 31. Uh, it really comes down for me is Amendola's status that, that would matter. And I, I guess Gronk is fine. So I admit I was pretty aggressive on him in the preseason and it looked discouraging after the first week. But boy, Brandon Cooks, I was really aggressive with as well. I'm keep waiting for him to explode. I know he's drawn a couple PIs, you know, in the end zone. And last week he was tackled at the three. So I still, I would consider him a buy low, but it is a little discouraging the amount of yardage he got when Brady threw for 450 last week. But uh, obviously you want ties to a New England offense all you can get. So I, I agree that he, uh, Hogan's nothing more than, say, a wide receiver three. 
but just just the red zone uh, target there, and he uh, they're thirteen point favorites even against a, a pretty good Houston defense. So for me, he's a wide receiver three flex type option. The concern for me with Hogan is that he he was limping towards the end of the game. He tried coming back yes, out of the field. Yes. Uh, that's something to pay attention to. Uh, I know they really really badly need wide receiver help, so they may push him out if he's even at le- less than hundred percent. But with that being said, the matchup here is a lot better than people think. Uh, Kareem Jackson suffered a knee sprain. He's out for multiple weeks. He's probably their best perimeter cornerback. Jonathan Joseph had to go for an MRI on his shoulder, I want to say. So we don't know if he's going to play, which would leave Kareem Jackson as the only starting cornerback available, and he's their slot corner. So if Danny Amendola plays, he'll match up with Kareem Jackson, whereas, you know, uh, Chris Hogan and Brandon Cooks would be playing against backup cornerbacks, guys. So, uh, <laughs> But who does the pass rush benefit? The pass rush benefits you know, guys in the slot who aren't running deep routes like Chris Hogan, right? I mean, because you know Houston's going to be getting to Tom Brady. If anyone's going to get to Tom Brady, it's it's Clowney and Watt. But that's the thing is like, do you target the the worst matchup on the field though? Because Kareem Jackson is their only starter worthy cornerback. I'm not even saying he's great, but Amendola, not only is he dealing with a concussion thing, but he also was dealing with a a knee or an ankle injury. So there's question marks surrounding him. I mean, I think this is a Brandon Cooks week though. Like if you're playing DFS, Brandon Cooks, needs to be in some of your lineups because this could be that week that you've been looking for. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and I bet low ownership too because of his slow yes. start. I like that call a lot, Tags. Um, also, this could be, I mean, I know we're going to talk, well, I'm just going to save it for the DFS show. Tune into the DFS show. I have an excellent take on the Packers team, or on the Patriots team. I think that I, I've narrowed this down to where I know what kind of week this is going to be. I'm excited about that, Tags, because the last two weeks you talked me into Charles Clay and then you talked me into Antonio Gates, and both of those helped me out a lot, man. Yep, and Jarvis Landry too. That worked out. And and, and I didn't play Jarvis Landry, man. He was he was banged up a little bit, so I thought I'm not going to risk it. Oh, I did, I did. My my cash game, I, I might as well light it on fire though. It didn't do for, it didn't do so hot. I had Alan Hearn, so I didn't even need Jarvis Landry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. He didn't quite do what I was hoping for last week. Um, you know, last season he ended the, the year with four 100-yard games in his last six. He's a guy who has over a thousand yards in three of his last four seasons. I think he's going underrated by quite a bit, and there's going to be a lot of recency bias against him because of last week. But I like the matchup. I'm definitely starting Deshaun Jackson. Where do you stand, Dalton? Yeah, have him as like a wide receiver three type. Uh, it's it's just a matter of time before he breaks a, a long one. He's he's such a better player in best ball formats because he can disappear and then have the monster game. It's just so reliant upon the the deep ball. I think you mentioned earlier that he was close to hauling one in a couple in last week. So uh, yeah, he's he's a startable for me for sure. He's he's only going to get better. I mean, remember it's it's tough for receivers to switch teams in the offseason. He certainly looked good if you watched Hard Knocks, but it's it's difficult for of all the positions. It's not like a running back. It, it's it's tougher and it takes a little patience for receivers when they switch teams. And by the way, I think I said uh, because of the matchup I have him ranked high, it's I meant despite the matchup. They're going at Minnesota, so it's a tough one, but I think Deshaun Jackson fits Jameis Winston's mold a lot better. Winston has this big old arm and that's what Deshaun Jackson needs. I mean, he's been playing with guys who just, uh, you know, dink and dunk it. For sure. And I mentioned the fact that, you know, they just missed like by a half a yard on two bombs. He also did catch a long touchdown, but he had, he actually didn't get his feet down in bounds. So it's just, that's what I'm saying. It, I, Dalton's right. It's going to take some time for these two to gel, but I think it's there. And Deshaun Jackson is going to see some of the lightest coverage that he's ever seen in his career because Mike Evans, you know what he said after the game against the Bears? He goes, it was, it was pretty nice seeing a uh, single coverage all game. And, you know, it, when you <laughs> right. see Mike Evans do what he did last week, people, teams, they have to pick their poison. And that's why I said that Deshaun Jackson 
Jackson was the best signing of the year. Like it was such a great signing for Tampa Bay and it's going to make life easier for Mike Evans and it's going to eventually make life easier for Deshaun Jackson. And I think it starts this week because remember last week, the, the Minnesota defense really struggled with Martavis Bryant, finished with 91 yards and a touchdown. But on top of that, he drew a pass interference call. Ben, ben Roethlisberger overthrew him, threw him on another one where he was open. So that could have been a much bigger game. Deshaun Jackson is every bit as fast as Martavis Bryant and can honestly probably read defenses a lot better than Martavis Bryant. So yeah. Deshaun Jackson, I think if you're if you're sitting there with a wide receiver three decision to make and he's part of that, I think you need to play Deshaun Jackson. Uh, the question that I would struggle between is who would you guys start this week, Deshaun Jackson or T.Y. Hilton, who is going against the Cleveland Browns? I'm taking Hilton. I, too, have Hilton slightly ahead of, of Jackson. Yeah, I've got Hilton at number 30. His ECR is number 29. And I've got Deshaun Jackson at 32. So, yeah, it's it's extremely close for me. Yeah, definitely. I have Hilton two spots higher, but it was just like a decision I was looking at as we were talking. I'm like, I wonder what these guys feel about that, because it's actually the first week that I'm going to recommend that people probably use T.Y. Hilton. I think Jacoby yeah, Brissett helps. Jacoby Brissett is at least willing to take a few shots down the field. They showed a little bit of chemistry last week. So, um, yeah, I'm good starting Hilton as a wide receiver three this week. You know, I think I think he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. For, for a couple years, I'm not saying he's like a cornerstone franchise piece or anything like that, but he looks reliable. He looks like, I mean, he, he's coming into this new horrible offense, no offensive line, not the greatest weapons, and uh, he's just now learning the offense, and he's been all right against an Arizona defense. You know, this is the first week the Browns are favored since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dalton, that is a nugget, man. That is such a and good And they're one. on the road, too. And they're on the road. But no, I think I think the Colts might win this game. So yeah, I think Hilton, I would recommend him this week for the first time this season as well. I totally agree with you guys. Now, two guys who were picked up in a lot of leagues, and they're still available in a lot of leagues. I think some people can go out and get someone if they need a starting wide receiver. Tremaine Curse, I think he's a flex oh, play this no. week. And Marquise Lee against Baltimore. I know Baltimore is really tough, but Marquise Lee is getting a ton of intended air yards, top five percentage in football among all wide receivers. So I don't know how you don't consider him as a flex. Mm, I don't I don't trust Blake Bortles to throw anybody. And I also don't trust Josh McCown, which is why those two options for me, like Jermaine Curse, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't buy in. If I'm wrong on this one throughout the rest of the season, you guys can bury me for it. But I'll bet against Jermaine Curse every single week. Like he's a guy he saw what? 80 targets last year from from uh, Russell Wilson. He scored one touchdown. And then this year, he's seen, what, 15 targets? And he scored two touchdowns from Josh McCown. It makes zero sense. Like, Jermaine, Jermaine Curse is like one of those foolproof guys where it's like he's going to let you down when you put him in your lineup. So don't do it. By the way, Blake Bortles has now gone 125 passes without an interception that wasn't tipped by one of his receivers. Oh, stop. 125. You're searching. You're reaching now, Bobby. Dalton, tell him that, I, well, tell him that hold Blake on, Bortles hold on. is bad. He had, 90, he had 98 straight uh, straight pass attempts before the game without an interception, and then he had two tipped for interceptions. That's that's all that it was. He's not a great quarterback, he's but bad. he's not the worst quarterback ever. He's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback the last two years, guys. Uh, fantasy doesn't dictate talent, and Blake Bortles well, is Well, fantasy a, dictates fantasy results, <laughs> and Marquise Lee is a fantasy football player. What do you think about this, Dalton? Which side are you on? Bortles is absolutely terrible. Yes. But um, <laughs> the Marquise Lee had, uh, what, 32 fewer receiving yards last year than Allen Robinson in uh, 46 fewer targets. I mean, so he's just so much more efficient. And you got to worry with health with him. Long He's always banged up. But the talent's there, you know, former, uh, you know, early second round pick, bald at USC. Um, but 
this is a tough matchup. As I said before, the Ravens secondary is just like the again the the, the I think they have a one to eight tight a touchdown to int ratio. So this week I would want him. I wouldn't want to rely on him. Yeah, but I do think he'd be interesting moving forward. But Bortles, no, I'm sorry, I'm with tags here. He's he's rough. Uh, but fantasy wise, I mean, garbage stats count the same. Everyone you know we've heard that all along. So I think there's, there's going to be more of that. As for Curse. I know he's been terrible his whole career and he's had a, a good <laughs> yes. quarterback in a good, decent situation. But man, if he's just going to see so many targets as the only guy there, I mean, Robbie Anderson, I thought was going to you know emerge as the number one guy there. He hasn't. Uh, maybe Austin Safarian Jenkins yeah. takes away some targets now that he's back. But at this point, curse, I, I, you got to add him to your bench and just see if it's, I, I, I get the downside and it's fluky, the two touchdowns already, but he just just volume as being the only game in town. Even if it is a terrible offense, they're going to be playing from behind and having to throw a ton. Who knows? Maybe as bad as McCown is, it might even get uglier if it, if they turn to Petty or Hackenberg. But um, I I would consider Curse. Uh, I think I have him thirty sixth. So the you know the last of your wide receiver three types this week. The final two wide receivers I want to talk about, two guys I'm not especially fond of, Jeremy Macklin at Jacksonville, not a good matchup. And Tyrell Williams face Kansas City. Remember what they did to Tom Brady in week one. I know Eric Berry's gone. I've got them at 37 and 39, so I am playing them in the flex, but I really would not be happy about it. Yeah, I kind of disagree on the the Macklin take, just because I don't think it's as tough matchup as you think, uh, just because he's been playing the slot on about 70 to 80 percent of his snaps. And, you know, Aaron Colvin, is that who they're going to stick on him as, as a slot? cornerback there I'm not worried about Aaron Colvin there's only a few ways that the Ravens can move the ball and Terrence West is now injured Uh, Buck Allen can only catch so many passes and he's going to be a solid play this week Mike Wallace, Prashad Perriman, they're perimeter wide receivers who are going to be matched up the entire day with Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. So Jeremy Macklin, I don't think he's a bad start at all. And by the way, if you guys are listening to this episode, do not forget to set your lineups on on Saturday night or you have to get up early Sunday morning because this game is taking place in Wembley. Uh, So it's overseas. It's one of those early games where we have to worry about that stuff. And uh, I don't like that. Usually those are run heavy games, but Jeremy Macklin, I don't think is as bad as play as as maybe people would think just because they see Jacksonville defense. It's just the way that the Ravens are using him. He's he's better than people. He's like he's going to be a movable chess piece for them, and they're going to create mismatches out of the slot and whoever Jacksonville tries to put on him. Interesting. As for Tyrell Williams, this is not a week where you really want to use Tyrell Williams just because Tyrell Williams is going to see a lot of Marcus Peterson coverage. Uh, He sticks pretty much a left cornerback. Tyrell Williams goes back and forth, but plays majority of his snaps at right wide receiver. So he'll match up with him quite a bit. But this is a week where Keenan Allen should just literally destroy. Uh, He's going to be going up against backup slot cornerback Philip gains yeah because as you guys know five receiver this week yeah steven nelson uh was placed on ir earlier and earlier this season so you're gonna see him just flat out destroy he got benched last last year after getting dominated by emmanuel sanders in coverage so yeah that this is not a week where tyrell williams really interests me i don't think that they're gonna need to use him very much it's a keenan allen and melvin gordon week so i would definitely use jeremy macklin over someone like him hey by the way let's just say right now that i was right about keenan allen and you were wrong and I was wrong about Sammy Watkins and you were right because he believes that the earth is flat. Like, even if he has a great season, you were right. You know what I mean? That, uh, I, 
I, I don't understand it. I mean, Dalton, we didn't ask you about your take on this, so hopefully you're not of the Earth is Flat crowd. But uh, <laughs> um, last night in bed, I, I kid you not, my wife and I were legitimately laughing about it because I told her the whole Sammy Watkins thing. And she's like, is he trolling everybody or is like he for real? And we got into this big conversation about it. And it's just it's hilarious. Well, it's great, too, because his quarterback on Hard Knocks didn't know, you know, which the, the sun yes. rose and the east or west and where. It, so it's just a perfect <laughs> fit, actually. It really is. Uh, as, as for this Baltimore game, you mentioned the uh, early start. Uh, us West Coasters, that's 6.30 a.m. is when that game is starting for us. So that's that's kind of brutal. But uh, my, uh, Mike Wallace has just totally disappeared. Not that they're the same type of receiver, but four targets through two games. Uh, Macklin's the guy there, and uh, I, I'm more with tags on this one. I have him ranked number 30 on my wide receiver board this week. He's he's looked good, and, and he looks healthy. So I think he's definitely worth starting. As for Tyrell Williams, ah, oh, man. It's just, it's tough. There's, there's so many mouths to feed there. And, and as, uh, as you guys mentioned earlier, that the Philip Rivers stat against the, the Chiefs, you know, he, does, he doesn't go off against them. And you know, Keenan Allen, both tight ends are going to run Melvin Gordon a lot after last week. So to me, I have him uh, a, a, good, a good amount of 10 to 15 spots lower than, than Macklin this week. All right, guys, let's close it off with tight ends here. And uh, Jason Witten just keeps getting it done. But he goes at Arizona this week. He's ECR number eight. I've got him number 13. I'm not super excited. Are you guys definitely starting him? We'll start with you, Dalton. Man, what a surprising start. I thought he was winding down his career <laughs> and suddenly he's getting all the targets. I, I moved him up to number eight on my board this week. He's, uh, I, I mean, it's hard to, to deny uh, 22 targets through the first two games and two touchdowns, which is pretty crazy considering he scored three each of the past two seasons. Obviously, he is due for some regression here, but Arizona, uh, I don't know. I, I, I told you guys, I think, Prescott and his whole offense bounces back. So, yeah, I mean, the tight end position in general gets pretty pretty shaky uh, around that spot. I mean, you're going to play a banged-up Tyler Eifert. Uh, uh, Hunter Henry either gets zero targets or he's really involved. So uh, I, I I did treat Jason Witten as, a, as an automatic tight end one this week. Mom. Is Eifert even going to go? I don't, I don't think he's playing this week. He's got two injuries. Eifert? Uh, I... I... God, I I don't even know what to say about Eifert right now. It's been frustrating the way that they've used him in the offense or haven't used him in the offense. And now he's injured, which, well, water is wet. But as for Jason <laughs> Witten, yep. Jason Witten, like he was someone I actually I dropped Jack Doyle for at the start of the season when I found out Luck wasn't going to play. And I picked up Witten because I figured he'd have opportunity with Des Bryant seeing some of the shutdown cornerbacks in the league. This is another week where Des is going to match up with Patrick Peterson. It's another tough matchup. Um, but at the same time, every week for Des, like the first it's, it's like 11 of 16 weeks he plays against top 10, top 15 cornerbacks. So, but as for Jason Witten, like the Cardinals, they have Peterson, but they've really, really like absolutely shut down tight ends over the past uh, 18 games that they've played. Now, they did allow Jack Doyle to have a solid week two against them. That was kind of like an exception to what they've allowed because last year, no tight end top 53 yards against them. They allowed just two touchdowns the entire last season. They were the absolute best in the NFL, allowing just 418 yards to tight ends last year. So yeah, uh, I don't see Jason Witten as, as, as a great play this week. Again, I'm not anti Witten. I'm not someone who says he's automatically going to fall off. I think he's I think he offers you consistency at an inconsistent position. Uh, that's how I feel about Witten. But this week is just one where I, I, I don't think that there's enough upside there. He, I could see a line of like, you know, three catches for 43 yards or something like that. Whereas I would probably much rather take my chances on someone like, uh, you know, Eric Ebron has a solid matchup against Atlanta. 
Uh, He's a definite start for me. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe Fleener at Carolina. This is a matchup where, uh, you know, they're without Willie Sneed. There's been three games that Kobe Fleener has played without Willie Sneed in his Saints career. He has scored in every single one of them. Uh, You know, Michael Thomas is going to be matched up with James Bradbury. So there's a lot of of guys in that range that I'd probably play over Jason Witten. So, yeah, I have him at number 13 right now, and I don't feel great about it. I think I'm starting Fleener virtually every week in every matchup. I just I trust him with Drew Brees. He was very good the last seven weeks of the season. What what about Ed Dixon? He's like nearly minimum in a lot of DFS formats, uh, you know, now taking over for Greg Olson uh, at home against the Saints. I think he, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Interesting. Ooh. Very I, I mean, interesting I'm not song. starting him in, in season long, but for DFS, I don't really know what to think about the guy. Ed Dixon, apparently the Panthers are going out and seeking out some tight end help with Greg Olson on the shelf. So Ed Dixon, he's the starter for right now, but he's not someone that really interests me just because the the Saints, they're a team that allowed just five tight end touchdowns last year, which is surprising. You know, going back and looking at it, a lot of people would wonder, how is that so? You know, the Saints seem to allow so many points, but they actually, there was only two quarterbacks, Jared Goff of all people, and Matt Ryan were the only quarterbacks to throw more than two touchdowns against them last year. So I do worry a little bit about Dixon. Uh, especially with Cam Newton not throwing the ball as well as he has, you know, as well as he could be. Uh, I think Kelvin Benjamin is the one to target there. But someone that's interesting is Ben Watson uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, you know, we talked about Baltimore and Jeremy Macklin. The options that they kind of have, it's limited options that they have in their passing attack. So Ben Watson is a guy who played really well last week, but he is splitting time with Nick Boyle. Uh, so it wouldn't shock me if Nick Boyle is the one who actually you know, posted the results this week. But Ben Watson is an interesting streamer as well. Yeah, I want to talk about my boy Hunter Henry. I was really excited about what he did last week. Granted, it was against Miami, who just doesn't even try to defend tight ends. Um, This week, I've actually got him lower than ECR. His ECR is number 10 after the big week. I have him number 15. I know Eric Berry's gone, but you just can't argue with Kansas City just crushing tight ends. Antonio Gates is still there. So I am not starting Hunter Henry. Dalton, are you? Yeah, yeah, I have him at number 12. So I guess that means I am. Uh, I hear you about the Kansas City against tight ends historically, but uh, the Eric Berry thing could be a big deal. I mean, it actually could be a really big deal. So, um, but it is, it is odd that he didn't see a single target week one and then, but then he was so efficient last week, caught all seven of his targets for 80 yards. Gates, I know everyone wants to put him out the pasture and now he has the record, but he still exists. I want so that, to. that is some of some concern. But um, again, just if, I just really don't like the, the options in that mid tier tight ends this week that much. So I have him as a borderline tight end one. Yeah, I've also got Austin Hooper in that range. Mm-hmm. I know he's had a couple big plays and everything, but he's just not getting the ball thrown his way enough. What do you think, Tags? Well, the the reason that I like Hooper this week, and you're you're right though, that's the the targets are worrisome. He's only seen four targets through two weeks, and uh, 88 yards, and his touchdown came on one play. So you know when you look at his overall numbers, and you're like, oh, they don't look bad. It, a lot of it came on one play. But the reason I kind of like him this week is because the uh, Detroit Lions they were a team that allowed 10 tight end touchdowns last year, and Ooh. you know they, they 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 actually they're just not a very good team against tight ends. Uh, even if you go, Evan Ingram was able to score against them on Monday night, 49 yards in a touchdown. So uh, this could be a week where Austin Hooper is solid. And honestly, I was struggling in my rankings whether to rank him over Jimmy Graham this week because Jimmy Graham might not play. And if Jimmy Graham does play, he may be doing so at less than 100 percent going over. That's this is another weird one is that people wouldn't realize 
Jimmy Graham over his last 10 games is averaging 37 yards per game in like five in like five fantasy points. Like he just hasn't been starter worthy ever since Tyler Lockett kind of became like started getting back on the field. I don't know why it coincided with that, but Jimmy Graham's production started going down. Uh, Russell Wilson struggling a little bit. There's just so many things around this game where you, you really don't want to love Jimmy Graham. So I may take my shot on Austin Hooper if you're trying to decide between those two this week. Now, ECR also has Jack Doyle starting oh, at yes. number 12. Yes, I'm oh, at seven. no way, I'm at seven. man. Oh, why? <laughs> I don't understand. I'd rather start Austin Safarian Jenkins oh, than Jack God. Doyle this week. Oh, stop it, Bobby. Stop. Did you see? No you just- way, man. Hold on, hold on. There's targets to go around, and Safarian Jenkins is three times the athlete Jack Doyle is. Their quarterback in Indianapolis is far worse than Josh McCown. He's a Jets player, so that's 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 one. Two, Jack Doyle looked really, really good with Brissett last week and against a really good Arizona defense against tight ends. Three, did you forget how bad the Cleveland Browns are against tight ends? Like when I remember when I remember when I mentioned this, uh, I think it was the last show of the last 18 tight ends who have played against Cleveland. 12 of them have scored 17 or more PPR points. Four of them were able to score 26 or more. Like, it's an automatic. You just start a tight end against the Browns. I don't care who it is and who their quarterback is. Like, you just do it. And Jack Doyle showed some chemistry with Jacoby Brissett last week. The Indianapolis is underdog, so there should be some some throwing in this game. They're at home. There's so much to like about Jack Doyle here. I would start him over Kobe Fleener. Wow, man. I, I, I know we love to bash the Jets. But, I mean, we're not talking about so a horrible offense. They've scored over 125 points in the last six games. That's not that bad. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you with ASJ. I have him in a very high-stakes league in a two-tight-end league, and I've been stashing him. So I, I really hope he does well. But I'm with Tags here. I actually have Jack Doyle number seven, exactly the same as him, on my tight end wow. board. He, he, met, he went through most of the key pieces. He already said it. But the Browns have allowed the most fantasy points to uh, tight ends. So far this season, Doyle just clearly showed a rapport with Brissett last week. Caught all eight of his targets against a tough Arizona defense against the position. So he's a security blanket, uh, as a cliche would go. And I think he's going to reach the end zone this week. And I have him as a as a, a must-stop start. And I'm probably going to load up on him yes. at DFS. I really like Jack Doyle this week. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for today's show. It was a lot of fun. We had some uh, some good disagreements uh, lots of uh, good stats thrown around there. Dalton, that one about uh, the Cleveland Browns was so great. I love that one. Dalton, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And for those of you listening at home, we've got one DFS show coming up later this week. And I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Pristine Auction and SeatGeek.com. Remember, you can sign up for our signed Mike Evans jersey giveaway with Pristine Auction. Just review us and subscribe on iTunes, take a screenshot, and send it to contest at fantasypros.com. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.